You are locked into Locked On Badgers on a Monday evening, and you'll probably listen to this on Tuesday morning. Had a brutal midterm today, recording this one late on a Monday. My name is Asher Lowe. I'm the sports director at WSUM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm also a contributor at BadgerBlitz.com, the Rivals affiliate at UW-Madison. Also a play-by-play broadcaster for many Badger sports, including basketball and football. It was a very busy weekend at the Kohl Center. It's the most games that we've had all year long at the Kohl Center in a weekend period. It has to be. It was... It was nuts. We had, let's see, we had hockey on Friday night, women's basketball Saturday, senior night, or senior day, I should say. It was during the day. Then that same day, we had the hockey game at night. So Saturday, we had the doubleheader. They switched out the Kohl Center hardwood for the ice. And then Sunday, we have the matinee against Rutgers. That's what we're talking about right here on Locked On Badgers. Wisconsin 79, Rutgers 71. What does it mean? What are the takeaways? What do we think about it? First of all, remember, you can listen and follow for free to uh, Lockdown Badgers. Listen, listen to Lockdown Badgers. Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can play Lockdown Badgers on your smart speakers by saying play podcast, Locked on Badgers. It was a high-scoring game. It was back and forth in many ways in the first half, but it was also a game that Wisconsin completely controlled in the second half. The final 20 minutes, there, there was that that little portion where you thought six minutes left or so, you were watching a replay of the Purdue game and things were about to get real dicey. They never really did. And I'll talk about why in just a sec. This win is massive for Wisconsin all of a sudden in the Big Ten tournament double bye race that I talked about last week at the end of the week. Top four seeds get the double bye in Indy all the way to the quarterfinals automatically. It's massive in terms of making it to the second game in terms of winning a game in Indy and making it to the semifinals in terms of getting to that championship game. You only have to win two instead of three, or in some cases, of course, four, if you're at the bottom of the conference. And in such a competitive tournament, when teams are so evenly matched, you know, playing a game the day before and then coming in and playing a doubleheader, essentially, back-to-back days, that's a big disadvantage for a lot of these teams. So if you're looking for somebody to differentiate two extremely even teams in the middle of the Big Ten, a day off of rest versus a day of playing a game could absolutely be it. And, of course, seeding is massive for Wisconsin heading into the Big Ten tournament. Things will shift, no doubt, for many Big Ten teams in that tournament based on their performance. If whoever wins it's going to go up a seed or two, a seed line or two, you have to imagine basically whoever wins it will go up a seed line. And if you lose in the first round or second round, that is, and you're a team that's on the brink like a Purdue right now, if they lose their first game, you know they're not going to make the NCAA tournament in many people's minds. So this Big Ten tournament's going to be massive. This was a huge win to get to 10-6 and in the conference because this sets up Wisconsin for the double bye that they want so desperately in Indy and that we all want them to get because it means so much in terms of going forward and having a chance to make it to the Big Ten semifinals and then Big Ten championship game. So how did the Badgers get this eight-point win? I'm going to start off by saying that my player of the game probably isn't your player of the game. Did Micah Potter have the most impressive day of any Badger? He probably did in terms of his own Standards, what we've seen from him. He got back to playing elite offense, and he was a massive, massive threat from beyond the three-point line. That opened up everything. It always does. When Potter and Reapers hit threes top of the key, straight away off pick and pop, uh, when they hit wing threes off of rotations, you know, when they can play inside out, all of a sudden it opens up a world of opportunities for other Badgers to attack the basket. Doubles can't come as easily. You can't leave Potter and Reapers off the three-point line. You can't help off of Micah Potter anywhere on the floor. And this guy's a 40% three-point shooter, or was heading into 
the Rutgers game. He went four of five from three, raising his percentage considerably. Micah Potter, 17 minutes. That's just impressive as it is. Played half the minutes of every starter outside of Reavers who was in foul trouble and ended up dropping a team-high 18 along with nine boards. So efficiency, more points than minutes for Micah Potter, and that's always a stat you love to see. But to me, my player of the game, the most impressive Badger, the guy that I I talked about Aleem Ford being an X-factor. He is, to me, an X-factor still in big games, and I think he will be going forward. When he has big games, Wisconsin will need his offense to win games in March. But we don't really know who X-factors are on this team because it can be anybody on a given night or day. That's just how this team is structured. And there's one guy, though, who has, to me, improved more than any other player this season when you look at where he was during that disaster in Brooklyn. Those two games in Brooklyn that were just a nightmare, right, for Wisconsin when they were 5-5 five and five after that. Fans were wondering, is this team going to make the NCAA tournament? Is this team, you know, capable at all? The guard haters were alive and well on the Twitter verses. But the one guy, and I challenged him. I was hard on this guy on this podcast, super hard on him, because I asked the question that we didn't have an answer to yet, and that's what can Demetri Trice do when he's not making shots? What is he when he's not going 8 of 10 from the field and hitting perimeter jump shots? And we found the answer to it in the last few weeks, in the month of February. He's a point guard, ladies and gentlemen. We got ourselves a point guard in Madison. And this team has desperately needed one, like so badly. And finally, 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 we have a true point guard in Madison, Wisconsin, and his name is Demetri Trice. He was fantastic in pick and roll. Absolutely, utterly fantastic in pick and roll on Sunday. He made some no-look dimes. His pass to Potter in transition, you know, that set up that huge dunk. This is all Demetri Trice making point guard plays. He had nine assists, a career high for Trice, and he has had a monster month of February dishing out the ball. 44 assists, over seven games for Demetri Trice, averaging over six assists a game, something that a month ago I would have told you that's unheard of. He was in the threes in terms of averaging assists, uh, averaging about three assists a game for the first few months of the season, and all of a sudden, Demetri Trice has more than stepped up his game. I mean, it's been unbelievable to watch his development as a true point guard on this team. He's the player of the game to me because without him, Wisconsin does not score anywhere near 79 points. Without him, Wisconsin's offense in the half court looks dead in the water. Without him, Wisconsin isn't creating open looks for Potter. Without him, Nate Reavers doesn't start hot. Without Demetri Trice, the engine does not run. And he is the engine right now of this offense. And he has to be because the ball's in his hands on every possession. And when he gets stagnant, this offense gets stagnant. We've seen it at the end of games. But when he's making plays quickly, making decisions quickly, this offense hums and flows, and it did for most of this game against Rutgers. So all you've been hearing about the Big Ten season is how we don't know anything about anyone. It's all weird. And... You know, we just can't solve any of these teams. Nothing makes sense. I'm going to try to tell you what makes sense about this Wisconsin team because there's a lot that doesn't make sense. We don't know what offense we're getting on a night-to-night basis from literally anybody on this roster. Micah Potter can go scoreless and then come out the next night and have 24. We don't know. We just don't know what we're getting from basically even Nate Reavers to an extent. 
we don't always know what we're getting offensively. So there's so many inconsistencies with this team, especially on that end of the floor. Let me tell you what we do know about Wisconsin basketball this year. We know three main things. Number one, this team is always going to defend at a relatively high level. And if they don't, they're going to lose. To win, this team has to defend at a relatively high level, and they're capable of doing it. We've seen them do it, and this Rutgers game wasn't the perfect example of it. We saw some defensive lapses for sure, but for most of the Purdue game, that's an example of this team just defending at an all-in-all-out high, high level. Wisconsin basketball has been in the top of the NCAA in terms of defensive rating for a long time now. They're in the top 20 once again this year. 19th right now, right behind, guess who? Rutgers in terms of opponent points per game. Right now, Wisconsin's giving up right around 62 points a game. And they torched a very good Rutgers defense, by the way. That was no slouch of a defense. But then again, Rutgers defense does look a lot different at home at the rack where they're a ridiculous 17-1 and uh, versus on the road where they have a single win all year, 1-9. We know Wisconsin's defense is not elite elite, but we know it's really good. The second thing we know, this team at home, and especially at home in their retro jerseys, by the way. Those retro jerseys are sweet. Those throwback 2000 Final Four jerseys, we're undefeated in those right now. Let's keep wearing them. Let's wear them in the tournament. I don't care. Let's get. Let's just get the 8th seed and the 7th seed so we can wear home jerseys in the first round and we can wear those throwback jerseys. That's like my, I think that's my top reason why I want Wisconsin to get a 7 or an 8th seed, not a 9, is so they wear the home jerseys and we can wear those throwback jerseys. My point, though, was that Wisconsin's great at home. We know that. We know they're a great basketball team at home. We don't know much else on the road. It's a gamble. We know this team, 13-1 and at the Kohl Center. The Kohl Center crowd hasn't always been at the level that I've wanted it to be at. I've talked about it on this show before. But Wisconsin basketball looks comfortable at home. No doubt about it. 13-1 and one speaks for itself. The third thing we know about this team is that they are close, tight-knit, resilient, and they are together. This team's together. They may not have the most talent in the Big Ten. They definitely don't. They may not have more talent than the team they're going to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament, which, by the way, that win makes that a lock. Wisconsin's in... In the NCAA tournament, it's over, it's done. That's You can sign that, put that in Sharpie, as Seth Davis likes to say. Sharpie that. But this team stays together. We, we see them at their toughest moments of the year. We see them in close games, where, where they've been very good for the most part. And the offense has gone away, yet they've somehow found a way to win games close many times on the defensive end. Whether it's that Michigan State game, whether it's the Purdue game, whether it's the Maryland game, which is the Brad Davison takeaway. We've seen time and time again Wisconsin win games at the defensive end because they stay together. They don't quit. There's a togetherness that we can give credit to Greg Gard and his staff, but also credit to the guys in this locker room that are left in this locker room. They stay together. We've seen that. They're tight-knit. They love each other. And this team plays for each other. And that's powerful in a conference where there's a very fine line between winning and losing, this team seems to be closer than you know most teams in the country. Uh, you can just see that camaraderie on the floor. I think the best example of this was the Micah Potter dunk, which, by the way, on Sunday was the most electrifying moment, I think, of the season. Outside, I'd say of that Brad Davison three in the corner against Maryland. I'd put it second after that Brad Davison three. 
at home. The Micah Potter dunk, Aleem Ford's reaction to it was priceless. If you haven't seen Aleem Ford react to it, there's a great video on Wisconsin basketball Twitter of Aleem Ford just jumping up and down, pure joy. That's what this team is. They play for each other. It's next man up. It is we over me. And that can win you a lot of games when you're not the best team in the country, when you're not the most talented team in the country, when you're playing against teams with a lot of talent, when you're playing on the road, and when you're playing in tough environments in March. That can get you to a lot of awesome places. It got the 2000 team to a lot of awesome places. This Wisconsin team, I'm not expecting a tournament run. I'm really not. I'll, I'll just be frank. But that mentality can get this team to some awesome places, places they've already reached now, uh, tied for second in the Big Ten Conference with a team that many thought wouldn't be in the NCAA tournament through about 12 or 13 games of this season. So now that I've told you this team is an absolute lock to make it to the NCAA tournament, let's talk about the NCAA tournament. Okay. So in terms of sites, I've seen Tampa. I've seen Omaha. Omaha set. I've seen... Spokane, I've seen Sacramento, so the sites we don't really know much yet about where this team's going to be playing. Seating, I think right now, if I were to guess, Wisconsin's a low 7, meaning they're right on the brink of that 7-8, but I'd probably put them at the 7 line. If Wisconsin loses one more game in the regular season, which I think is the most likely scenario, at Michigan is probably a loss. At Indiana is also, pro- let's let's be honest, let's say, they, let's say they go two and two and split, which is actually, to me, now that I think about it, probably the most likely scenario. They're looking at an eight, an eight seed, in my mind. And where does an eight seed get you? Do you want an eight seed, or do you want... What would you rather have? I got this question on Twitter. Would you rather have a 10 seed, an 11 seed, or an eight seed? It's an interesting question this year. I think it's a really interesting question this year. Obviously, you play to win the game. Wisconsin's not thinking about this. This is not something the team... <laughs> is thinking about, obviously, but it, we're, we're fans. It's fun. Let's think about it. There are arguments as to why you'd want an 11 seed. Look at Oregon last year with their 12, getting in you know, as a team that probably had 7 or 8 seed talent but had a bad end of the regular season, had to win the Pac-12 tournament, got in, and then got Wisconsin in the first round. But because they got Wisconsin in the first round, they avoided Virginia until the Sweet 16. And they had a, an easy second-round matchup against what ended up being uh, UC Irvine. So this argument to wanting a lower seed in a year where there's so much parity versus the eighth seed where you have to play the number one seed if you win. But that's not something Wisconsin has a luxury to worry about, right? I still would say that the seventh seed is one of the best options for this team because, A, we get to wear the, uh, the home jerseys. But also, obviously, a sixth seed is probably the ceiling right now in terms of just winning out, going on a ridiculous run to end the year, and winning out and then winning a couple games in Indy, probably getting to the Big Ten Championship game. You know, if this team gets the six seed, that, that, is, that is the max. But a seven seed to me is the most realistic, solid option because you obviously want to avoid the one lines. And the one lines this year, as much as people are saying college basketball has no great teams, which it doesn't, I don't want to play Kansas in the second round. You know, I, I don't want to play Gonzaga in the second round. And the two-line and the one-line right now, to me, are actually pretty dang different. I'd much rather play San Diego State. I'd much rather play, uh, you know, who else is on that two-line area, uh, a Dayton in the second round. I wouldn't want to play Gonzaga. I wouldn't want to play Kansas. I would not want to play Baylor right now. I think Baylor's actually, a lot of people are sleeping on Baylor. I, I get that Scott Drew is not proven in March, 
But this team's done a lot of good things. I know they lost to Kansas at home this weekend, but they're a, they're a very solid basketball team, and I think nobody's really talking about them in the national picture enough. There are teams you want to avoid, right? But you're going to play a good team in the second round if you win. The 9 line versus the 10 line, there's certainly a difference this year. I think, I think the 10-11 seeds this year are significantly weaker right now than the 8 and the 9 seeds, no doubt about it. And if you're looking at where Wisconsin wants to be, to me it's the 7. You want to avoid the 1 line. You want that 7-10 versus that 8-9 instead of it. You want that 7-10. And listen, a first-round win for Wisconsin, that's a successful season in my book. And I know that fans want more. Fans have unrealistic expectations. An NCAA tournament win is a an absolutely successful season. Look at this roster. I mean, give me a break. With the talent this team has, which is not extremely significant for how good the Big Ten is, a top-four finish in the Big Ten and an NCAA tournament win, I am... Thrilled with that season for Wisconsin. And I know we want to be thinking bigger. I want to be thinking bigger. But with the roster as it is currently constructed, that to me is a huge win. And that's very possible if this team gets a 7 seed. If they fall to a 9 or a 10 and bad things happen over the next four games, look out. Look out. Because a first-round win all of a sudden becomes a lot less likely. And then when you get through it, if you're an 8 or a 9, playing a 1 seed, I'd love the shot. I'd love the chance at a 1 seed. Let's pull off that 8 versus 1 the Nigel Hayes reverse layup all over again. But this team isn't that team. This team does not have the talent that that team did. So, listen, just win as many games as you can. It's simple. Let's have Wisconsin win out. But a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament right now, to me, that's the number one thing you're playing for as of now. You're in the tournament. Let's get that top four seed so we can skip a game, get a team when they've already played a game in the quarterfinals, and get to the semis. That's the first order of business to me right now in terms of finishing this year strong. Locked on Badgers, as always, thank you for joining us on Wisconsin. Stay tuned in, stay locked in every day this week on Locked on Badgers.